0: And welcome to Thoughts from a Hairy Head, the weekly podcast where I talk about, well, whatever happens to be bouncing around inside my head at the moment, but mostly focusing on constitutional issues and political decentralization. This is episode 45 of Thoughts from a Hairy Head, and I appreciate you tuning in. This week, I'm going to talk about how to interpret the Constitution. Over the last few weeks, I've been going through my book, Our Last Hope, Rediscovering the Lost Path of Liberty, and making some edits and doing some revisions, uh, working on a second edition, actually. And as I've been going through it, it's kind of focused my attention back on some of those constitutional principles that are foundational to my work at the Tenth Amendment Center and and into the work that I do independently. I talk a lot about decentralization and and getting back to the limited, decentralized system that our founding generation intended to create, and that's all based on the Constitution. The Constitution is a document that was intended to create a limited government, but before we can really even talk about those things, and certainly before we can get back to it, we have to agree on what the Constitution actually means. And to do that, we have to agree on how to interpret the document. So I thought today I'd talk a little bit about constitutional interpretation. Now, I see two kind of extreme schools of thought on this. On the one hand, you've got the people who think you have to have a Harvard Law degree, or you need to be a lawyer, or a Supreme Court justice. You know, the the hoi polloi, everyday people, there's no way they can understand the Constitution. It's just too complex. And then on the other extreme, we have people like the guy that commented on my Facebook page one day when I was talking about constitutional interpretation. And he said, you don't need to interpret it at all. You just read it. Well, it's certainly not that simple either. So I think the truth lies somewhere in the middle between the extremes of you know you have to be a lawyer and the extreme of any Joe Schmoke can just read the words to understand what it says. So how do we actually interpret the Constitution? What principles do we use to guide us in constitutional interpretation? Well, James Wilson wrote of the study of law in the United States. It was around 1790. And he said this, the first and governing maxim in the interpretation of a statute is to discover the meaning of those who made it. And to me, that is the foundational fundamental thing that we have to remember when we're talking about constitutional interpretations. The Supreme Court doesn't matter. What the Supreme Court justices said, you know, 20, 100, 200 years later, that is not the meaning of the Constitution. What Nancy Pelosi says, or Barack Obama, or George Bush, that's not the meaning of the Constitution. The Constitution's meaning is rooted in those who created it, And approved it. Now that means we can't have this living, breathing constitution that so many on the left, and quite frankly, a lot of people on the right too, believe in. And by living and breathing, they mean that the Constitution was written as a dynamic document. It's flexible. So it can change with the times. You know, instead of maintaining any kind of fixed meaning, judges and politicians and bureaucrats, they mold the various clauses and provisions to fit the needs of the day. Well, that's not how it was meant to work. The Constitution fundamentally is a contract. You can't have a living, breathing contract. I did a video on this uh, not too long ago, and I'll link to it in the show notes. And I talked about the idea of a living, breathing mortgage. Nobody would accept a living, breathing mortgage. So why in the world do people think we should have a living, breathing constitution? It's absurd. Now, the argument you'll get back sometimes is, well, you have to have some way to keep the constitution up to date with the times. You know, the those founding fathers, they, they couldn't have imagined airplanes and internets and all of those types of things. And I... <laughs> Answer very simply that no, you don't have to have a living, breathing constitution where the government gets to make up the meaning as it goes along to deal with those things. We have a process for that. It's called the amendment process. That takes care of the living, breathing aspect. So the constitution was intended to be a contract and therefore it has a fixed meaning. So it's up to us to discover what that fixed meaning is. Well, where do we find that? Well, we find it in the intent of the ratifiers. Now, some people will say we should look at the Constitutional Convention in Philadelphia to find the meaning, and we can look at Madison's notes on that. And that that is important. It does give us some guidance. But what was said in the framing process still doesn't necessarily tell us how the people understood the Constitution and how they viewed the Constitution, what they believed that they were agreeing to, is where we find the true meaning of the Constitution. Now, how do we figure that out? Well, we have to look to the ratifiers. Who were the ratifiers? These were the men who were elected by the people of each state to attend special conventions where they debated and voted on whether or not to accept or reject the Constitution. When we examine the ratification debates, we can see exactly how supporters of the Constitution sold it. Now, there was a great deal of opposition to the Constitution. There were a lot of people who believed the new general government would have too much power, and they believed that there were phrases and clauses in the Constitution that could be interpreted in such a way to give expansive powers to this new federal government, and they were opposed to that. And whenever they brought up these arguments, supporters of the Constitution would say, no, 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 you're misunderstanding. All of these things have a limited scope. And so it is in these arguments that the supporters gave that were used to convince people who were sitting on the fence or people who were opposed to go along with ratification. It is there that we find the meaning. It was those terms and that understanding that the people agreed to. Now, this is exactly how James Madison said we should interpret the Constitution. In a letter to Henry Lee, he wrote, I entirely concur in the propriety of resorting to the sense in which the Constitution was accepted and ratified by the nation. In that sense alone, it is the legitimate Constitution. And if that be not the guide in expounding it, there can be no security for a consistent and stable more than for a faithful exercise of its powers. If the meaning of the text be sought in the changeable meaning of the words composing it, it is evident that the shape and attributes of the government must partake of the changes to which the words and phrases of all living languages are constantly subject. What a metamorphosis would be produced in the code of law if all its ancient phraseology were to be taken in its modern sense? Now, in Madison's words, we find the main problem with another school of constitutional interpretation known as textualism. This is something that's pretty popular with a lot of conservatives, and I think Ted Cruz was probably a textualist. That's the idea that you can just read the words on the page, but as Madison pointed out, words change, and the meaning of something in the 1700s could be completely different than what it means today. It's also important to understand that the Constitution is a legal document. So a lot of these words and phrases have a legal context. You need to understand that legal context in order to understand what the Constitution means. So again, we have to go back to the ratifiers. We have to go back to what they said that they were agreeing to. Now, obviously, this isn't as easy as reading words on a page. But it's certainly not so complicated that we need to have that Harvard Law degree. There are plenty of sources we can go to to understand the Constitution through the eyes of the ratifiers, especially with the internet today. We have the records of the ratification debates. We have the ratifying instruments themselves. We have the Federalist Papers and other documents that were written by supporters to sell the Constitution to the ratifying convention delegates and the population at large. These essays were kind of like the window sticker on a used car, you know, it explains exactly what the people were buying. We have numerous letters and essays written by opponents of the Constitution. We have letters written by framers and ratifiers. All of these sources help guide our understanding. So with a little work, you will find the original meaning of the Constitution is easy to determine and understand. It just takes some digging and some work. Thomas Jefferson advocated this process of constitutional interpretation. He said, on every question of construction, let us carry ourselves back to the time when the Constitution was adopted. Recollect the spirit manifested in the debates, and instead of trying what meaning may be squeezed out of the text or intended against it, conform to the probable one in which it was passed. Well, that's it for this episode of Thoughts from Meharry Head for another 10 minutes closer to freedom. I really appreciate you listening. If you enjoyed the show, do me a favor and spread the word. And feel free to send me any thoughts or ideas at michael.mahari at Oh, and don't forget to go over to iTunes if you haven't already and subscribe to the podcast for free. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you next week.